0: Thinking with Raj Gandhi Episode 2 The Forward Thinking Board of Directors In this series of podcasts, Raj Gandhi examines the roles and responsibilities of board members. Whether it's a family-owned business or a multinational, a director on top of their game can drive the organisation forward. Raj is a former boardroom director with an expertise in finance, treasury, governance and risk. His starting point in this episode is the need for clear lines of accountability between the board members.
1: If we look at the failures, high-profile failures in recent times, then it really points to lack of proper leadership in the boardroom. So what does that mean? It really means that we need to have a distinction between accountability and responsibility. It seems that there are too many times directors feel responsible but not accountable and to me the boardroom is where the buck stops so we need all the leaders in the boardroom to embrace accountability more now than ever and you know in so doing we need to have a very clear line between the different roles in the boardroom. because one of the worst things that can happen is that an incident happens and there is no clear line of accountability so I think it's important for the chairman to be very clear on his or her role. The chair's role is to really look after the, the boardroom and to treat that boardroom as his real focus in life and to be an ambassador for the company and to make sure the strategy is well written and articulated and executable. Then you've got the CEO who's really the chief executive officer responsible for ensuring the strategy is executed and is there overseeing the executive role of the board.
0: COVID-19 has been a real game changer for everyone. Board to face the challenge, whether to refocus on core activities or to transform. How are businesses tackling the crisis in order to make their strategies work?
1: Well, I think there, there is a certain approach and a layer to handling the crisis and coming out of it, perhaps, in the future. First and foremost, uh, it's all about survival. The role of the treasurer and the ability to manage cash is more important than ever. So I think once the company has stabilized the ship, if you like, then the attention turns to the future. And this is where we need to really ask some very difficult questions of our strategy. The vision statement may not change, but the mission may change how we do certain things. So one thing that's come out of COVID is the consumer, the customer is a lot more discerning now and tends to do orders online. If we look at the past 10 years, perhaps some companies haven't been very good at transitioning into online services. And so it may be that perhaps they need to speed up that aspect as an example. But really the important decisions here is about reopening, it's about transforming, it's about changing tact and what is it that we're good at doing or what is it that we might be able to do in future which satisfies our stakeholders. Here, I mean, not just the customers, but we're thinking about staffing, we're thinking about the supply chain. And so there's a lot of aspects to take care of here.
0: Is business strategy ever going to be the same again?
1: If we think about business strategy, it's having to be a lot more nimble and agile. I think the underpinning business operating model and the business model itself is receiving a real test and a challenge as to what we can use going forward. And I think a lot of management teams are focusing on what aspects they need to change operationally on a day-to-day basis. And this includes things like remote working, perhaps even better relationships with the supply chain than before.
0: So what's being done to analyse all the available information to steer a business safely?
1: The word data analytics and big data features prominently here and the need to digitize if the company hasn't done so already. But I think the role of finance comes to more prominence than ever. And finance uh, people in the past have been criticized for looking too much on past performance and not giving enough intelligence about what to do going forward in terms of informing decisions, good decisions. So I think we need to think in three aspects. We need to think, uh, number one, what is the past performance? Let's confirm that. And what are the trends that are coming out of it? Number two, let's look at our recent decision making, be it on post containment or on um, revenue generation and see what's worked and what hasn't. So look at the decisions and be ready to change them. And the third aspect has to be, are we on track versus strategy? And as I mentioned earlier, the mission aspect of the strategy could change, but we must make the strategy tangible, monitorable, so that we can receive some good information on key critical success factors and if we're on track
0: or not. Given what we've all been through over the past six months or so, it would be very easy for businesses to circle the wagons and uh, go into a sort of defensive mode. What can they do to to manage new risks and emerging risks and, and to sort of articulate the risk appetite? When we
1: think about risk, we need to think about current risk, emerging risks, Perhaps COVID might be an example of that. So one of the most important thing is to try and articulate what are the business risks, the financial risks, and the operational risks. Try and use those three buckets to segment where your risks lie. So if you're thinking about margin risk, customer risk, you might go to the business heading and put it under that bucket, if you like. And then think about the financial risk, the cost of borrowing, the, the cost of buying materials, uh, oil, perhaps, you know, commodity risk, or even, um, things like currency risk. Try and monetize those risks and, and map them out and, in terms of impact and likelihood and put those risks under the bucket risk. The third one is operational risk. This is where, if you like, how good are your processes, your human talent management, uh, any chance of fraud. uh, If you think risk at a higher level under those three buckets, then you will find it easier to set risk appetites, how much risk we can stomach. And I think that helps the boardroom concentrate on risk mitigation. So there's quite a few things that need to be done. And I should say, in my experience, corporates and organizations are not that proficient at risk mapping and doing it in the manner, mitigating it in the manner that I've just explained.
0: Now, let's look at the um, Companies Act 2006. Mm. What are the common mistakes concerning competency, composition and the statutory duties of boards of directors? Well,
1: I think quite a few things come out of this. Firstly, in my experience, uh, training some 200 directors each year, I find that not many are fully aware of the seven statutory duties. And I think it's incumbent upon all boardrooms to get to grips with those. What are they? To act in the best interest of the company, to exercise independent judgment, and so on. So I think that's one thing that is overlooked. And we need to bring that back to the boardroom. And I would recommend each boardroom has a short session, perhaps on their away days or some other forum where somebody of knowledge can actually come and impart this valuable knowledge. What is the statutory duty and what is the 2006 and what if we get it wrong, you know, are we criminally liable and so on. Now, if we turn back to the financial crisis of 2010, then one of the studies that came out of that was that the boardrooms did not have the right composition. In other words, perhaps they lacked expertise in certain areas. And, and so it's important that if your business is engaged in, say, financial services, then perhaps you should have a risk director on, on your team. Or if it's involved in digitizing heavily, then I would certainly recommend a digital director in addition to an IT director, because the IT director is very good at maintaining existing systems, perhaps, but not so articulate in the new digital technologies which are coming through.
0: Why was it felt there was a need to clarify the role of the board in the 2018 edition of the code?
1: They felt there was a need to revise that code purely because they were finding incidents in their sample surveys and reviews of boardrooms that informed that that the boardrooms were not acting as effectively and efficiently as they might and this brings brings back into point the need to have a clear line of separation between the role of the chair and the CEO The difference between accountability, responsibility, the role of the non-exec directors, the role of the nominations committee. It's well worth a read.
0: What do you think are the key takeaways from what we've just spoken about?
1: I think the key takeaway certainly for any boardroom is to think very clearly about its strategy because the journey really starts there and how we're going to monitor whether we're on track. I think it's important for the CFO to actually deliver performance that helps decision-making. And risk is got to be at the heart of any boardroom. The business risk, the financial risks, and the operational risk. And, of course, a lot of boardrooms are concerned about what if we get it wrong and, therefore, be aware of the statutory duties under the Companies Act.
0: Raj Gandhi was talking to Andrew Vincent. You can find out more on forward thinking in the boardroom by visiting ggvlondon.com. In episode three, Raj talks about the role of the CEO.
1: What I'm finding is that the CEOs hold a very lonely position and those who find it quite easy to make tough decisions need to make sure that they carry the whole boardroom